Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Cricket Fiji makes a high-profile appointment. The World 7 Series wraps up for another year. Winton Rufa explains his role with Papua New Guinea football. The Oceania Champions League goes down to the final day. But first, Papua New Guinea has regained top billing among the region's women's cricket sides, beating Japan in their own backyard in the final of the East Asia Pacific Women's Trophy. The Leewards had lost to the same team in the round-robin clash a day earlier, but a superb bowling effort saw Japan dismissed for 102 in the final, 12 runs shy of their victory target. Kila Leka says it's great to be number one once more. I'm overjoyed. Glad that we've won it back again. Uh, indescribable. It's too good. It's just too good, yeah. Samoa secured a third-place finish, thrashing the Cook Islands by 110 runs in their playoff, with Moelangi Tuilangi scoring the first-ever century in an EAP women's T20 match. PNG's victory means they will now participate in next year's Women's World 2020 qualifier. Cricket Fiji has appointed Australian Shane Jurgensen as its new national coach. The 38-year-old spent two and a half years as Bangladesh national coach before resigning last month. Jurgensen has signed a three-year contract to coach both the Fiji men's and women's national sides, as well as the Fiji age-grade teams, and says he's looking forward to a change of lifestyle. I had a couple of options that were potentially available to me, and then, yeah, it was just sort of over the last week or just, you know, finishing up in Bangladesh, and this opportunity came up, and, you know, I was very excited. and fantastic opportunity, and I've been nothing but really impressed by the professionalism of, you know, Cricket Fiji staff and Anoki and the, and, the, and the guys there have been just fantastic, and I think it's one of the, one of the actual factors of me choosing to go to Fiji. I'm really excited. It's uh, obviously a different role. You've gone from a test-playing country to a team that isn't even in the World Cricket Leagues, which will surprise some people. Um, that obviously wasn't a concern to you? No, I think for me, in my last sort of two and a half years or nearly three years in Bangladesh, it was, <laughs> at times it was a pretty tough place to coach and for a number of different factors around the coaching. And it was one of my decisions that I I decided to yeah let leave. A, you know, It was a great opportunity and I was very honoured and privileged to be you know, one of few to be a coach of a full member nation. And I think it just came back to what I wanted as well out of cricket. And I dedicated so much to the role in Bangladesh and had to do so many things that were outside what I actually had to do as a coach. Um, and I think after a while it just wore me down and, and, and probably the systems in place around um, uh, Bangladesh and my, my role there, I just felt it wasn't supporting what I wanted to achieve in that role and um, I, I just felt I needed to move on and I have and I'm really excited about this and I, I think this role brings me back to why I started coaching in the first place and, and, and coming back to you know, the love of coaching and, and wanting to help people and, and develop and uh, I think that's where I started a long time ago um, in my early 20s when I was still playing first class cricket and then stumbled into being president of a junior cricket club and, and all of a sudden parents, a number of parents wanted me to help their kids and then I 
the, that started my business, and then it just grew from there. And, and then, of course, before just before I came to New Zealand, I was club coach. And, yeah, so it's just a great opportunity. I'm really excited about it. And uh, there's a lot of facets to it. Obviously, you've got the men's national team, you've got the women's national team, and also age grade, so it'll be uh, keeping you busy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, a, it's a, a de- definitely a coaching-based role, and, and that's one of the big factors that I'm really looking forward to is, you know, I will be doing a lot of coaching, and I suppose recently I found myself doing a lot of things, managing a lot of different areas, and then also coaching on top of that. So now it's more of a coaching thing, and, and look, I'm re- so excited to be going to you know, a, a very popular place. They want to improve their cricket. They want to get better. And I'm just excited that I'm going to be the, the person that's going to be leading that with the, with the players. In terms of uh, on-field results, it probably hasn't been the best six to 12 months. I, I mean, the women's team didn't compete in the uh, T20 East Asia Pacific event uh, that wrapped up uh, at the weekend. And the men's team obviously is, I guess, in the wilderness a bit, the way the World Cricket Leagues have been restructured, uh, having failed to, um, you know, retain their spot in uh, Cricket League uh, five or six as it was um, how, how do you sort of go about that challenge? The view will have to be a, a definitely a long term view uh, and that's purely from my experiences of, of recently of coaching you'll have to sit down and uh, look. I, literally this has all just happened so I'm still coming to grips of you know what, what will have to happen and, and what we need to do but I think what's going to be really important is the relationships with all the support staff and, and, and those in um, you know, cricket Fiji, and then really look to, you know, put together a plan with a long-term vision, I should say, uh, that's going to be important for, you know, long-term consistency, long-term success on the field. So initially, and I think just looking uh, briefly yesterday, they started with a new high-performance squad of players that were selected from, I think they were talking about the last couple of days, their Easter tournaments. You know, that's exciting, and it sounds like a very young group, so... You know, with that type of age group, you can do nothing but work on simple things, both individually and as a group. So, and look, try and get as much playing opportunities as possible. And I know that later in the year, that's an exciting tour to India, and then um, some, some qualification event in Lismore after that. So, there's a lot of cricket coming up. That's the new Fiji cricket coach Shane Jurgensen. Fiji have finished the World 7 Series in third place after another semi-final appearance at the season-ending tournament in London. New Zealand, who beat Fiji 12-10 in the semi-finals, capped off their 12th World Series title, coming from 21-0 down to thrash Australia 52-33 in the Cup final. Samoa were beaten by South Africa in the plate semis and finished the season in eighth place overall. Fiji's Samasoni very, very finished the season as the overall top try scorer, was named IRB 7's Player of the Year, was also selected in the World Series Dream Team. The Nadrong at fullback, who's been named in the Flying Fijians squad for next month's Pacific Nations Cup, will link up with French top 14 side Montpellier later this year, and Ben Ryan says he'll be missed. He's probably a little bit sad that he's leaving Fiji's 7s team um, officially today, you know, to start a new chapter in Montpellier. He doesn't want to go, he wants to stay with the boys, but um, it is what it is, and it's a great opportunity for him. That's the Fiji 7s coach Ben Ryan who says IRB Regulation 9 means very, very and other Fiji players based in Europe will still be able to play for their country next year at certain events. Oceania Football's Player of the Century, Winton Rufus, says there is no shortage of talent in Papua New Guinea but says developing a winning mentality is proving a challenge. Having been overlooked for coaching roles in his native New Zealand, Rufa was asked at the end of last year by Papua New Guinea and Oceania football president David Chung to take charge of their national teams. 
His immediate focus is preparing the PNG Under-20 side for the Oceania Championship later this month, where the winner will qualify for next year's World Cup in New Zealand. And Rufus says he's trying to instil some belief in his players. They've got outstanding talent, but it's just what they're missing is, you know, professional structures and experience and, you know, having to take their players away from the country to, you know, go and visit other countries and see what was really happening on the international football scene. This is what they're lacking, you know. So that's obviously one of the reasons why David Chung, the president of Oceania and the PNG FA, has got me involved. You are obviously very busy with your own academy winners and, and various other uh, things in football. How do you how do you fit this in? Yeah, no, it's pretty tough, I'll be honest. Uh, but, you know, hopefully after a year, it's sort of, we get it sorted out and get some systems in place and then it can, uh, you know, work a bit easier. Just coming to New Zealand, for instance, with the under-19 PNG team, half of them have, uh, you know, got a passport for the first time. Three quarters of of the twenty man squad uh, are travelling overseas for the first time, so you know it's a complete culture shock for them. And and we saw that in the result against New Zealand uh, last Wednesday, where we got hammered twelve one. But they were just like little you know little girls running around uh, playing against men because they were just so intimidated and they're just totally fascinated by this new world that they're they're, they're coming to see here. You know, half the team again they come come from the highlands up, up in PNG, which means they, they basically just come out of the bush. You mentioned there's obviously talent in the islands, raw talent. Uh, how do you go about? I guess you mentioned mentally that was a bit of a struggle. Is that one of your key focuses, just trying to you know get that it's confidence gonna, up and get them believing in themselves? Yeah, no, that's it. You see, the, the PNG they've never won anything, so now you're trying to take them to Fiji, where there's five other teams, and the winning team you know will get to the FIFA Under Twenty World Cup next year. So for all of Oceania, it's an incredible opportunity that Oceania now can have two teams qualifying for the World Cup. You know, most of the time, of course, it's been New Zealand, and in the past, up until 2006, it had also, you know, been Australia until they moved to Asia. So it's a massive opportunity, not only for New Zealand but also for the Pacific Islands, and trying to, you know, make them believe that we can win because we can, because they're really talented players. But it's going to be really challenging, and it's been great to have, you know, this two weeks in New Zealand. And then we get another week in Fiji before the tournament starts. So it's all been really helpful. But, it, you know, I guess the real fruits of this labour will, you know, probably take a good two years before you can really see, you know, uh, the real difference. So are you involved with the senior national team as well? Yeah, well, that was the main reason why David Chung had asked me to be involved because PNG are hosting the Pacific Games next year. So they're apparently every four years is the tournament. The women's football in PNG is very strong. They're already number two in Oceania behind New Zealand. About a month ago, I visited, uh, well, here in Auckland, saw the under-19 women's finals. They have a round-robin tournament, and the final game was between uh, New Zealand and PNG, and they'd set that draw because of you know New Zealand being ranked number one and PNG being ranked number two. So in that final game in the women's under-19s, here in Auckland, New Zealand only needed to uh, to draw the game to get to the World Cup. But watching the the first half on chances, it was about three three on chances. New Zealand were leading one nil. 
But actually, P&G had the better chances. They were right in it. It was amazing. I was uh, very impressed. They just ran out of steam in the second half and ended up losing 4-0. But if you see the real reality of the game, you know, again, via PNG, they just need to have uh, better training systems. Probably, you know, you have to monitor the nu- nutrition and hydration a bit better because they, they, you know, were a bit unfit and ran out of steam. And so these are the, some of the processes that we're trying to put in place here, which is all new for them. You know, a lot of the players here in Auckland from the boys now are having diarrhea. It's not that they're sick, but it's just it's the whole you know the different diets that they're uh, you know trying to get used to. So there's lots of different challenges like this, but again, it's all it's all helps with the experience and uh, you know so that even then by the time we get to Fiji, you know back in the you know a bit more of their normal environment, hot hot weather, and then you know and you've always got to dream and believe that you can uh, win the games and and go all the way. You have your academy and, and you deal with players there, but actually having this team that you know is, is yours, are you enjoying having a team of your own like this again? Oh, look, I must admit it's been really enjoyable, and you know, I've—it's no secret that in the last years, I've actually uh, put my name forward and applied for all the jobs at New Zealand Football under 17s, under 20s, even the women's football, the all white. But I've never been even given an interview, so it's quite ironic how it's all turned out. You know, those were the teams that I really wanted to coach. Uh, you know, that's why I come, I'm a New Zealander. That's why I came back to New Zealand uh, to help the local game. That's why I'm working in youth development. <laughs> Funny thing is, I'm uh, now helping uh, a Pacific Island nation. But hey, look, beggars can't be choosers. And then, uh, you know, that's just sort of tall poppy New Zealand way in the small market uh, you know it's, it hasn't been an easy road here in New Zealand in the last 17 years but that's you know that's life you just got to keep chipping away and I've got a incredible passion for the beautiful game so I just keep keep uh, moving that ball forward that's the PNG football coach and Oceania player of the 20th century Winton Rufa Still with football and Auckland City are in the box seat going into Sunday's Oceania Champions League Grand Final second leg. The defending champions drew one all against Amicale FC in the first leg in Port Vila on Saturday. And a win or a scoreless draw at home will be enough this weekend to book their spot in the FIFA Club World Cup in Morocco later this year. However, coach Ramon Trebuliac isn't getting ahead of himself. They're still very tight. I mean... To be fair, they, they have a good side and they have everything to play for, you know. But again, as you said, the away goal uh, is something that we needed to achieve and we, we did it, you know. So that, that is that is great for us. But still, uh, still there's uh, 90 minutes, you know, uh, 90 minutes to be played and these 90 minutes are going to be probably the, the toughest 90 minutes we've had for a long time. Obviously, with Auckland City's history as defending O-League champions, your history as New Zealand uh, domestic champions and uh, going to the Club World Cup a number of times... Uh, you know, you are the favourites, you're on home soil and you've got higher profile players and you've got a history in the competition. Uh, this Amical team, they're quite bullish, aren't they? You know, um, Nathan Hall, their coach, uh, he certainly goes out on the front foot and he backs his players and you quite often you get some of these Pacific teams um, put themselves as the underdogs, but Amical likes to go on the front foot there. They, they have a lot of confidence. Yeah, of course, and I can understand that. I mean, at the end of the day, this is not only an island team. They, they have a lot of imports from, from Europe, you know. And, uh, well, these guys are professional players. You know? I mean, we, we don't have any professional players. They have professional players. They have the Assyrians who have come out for 
you know, to, just to play football. Uh, they have uh, David, David Talone, the Australian, as well in there, playing as a professional. Also, the, uh, the Scottish midfielder, who's got a, a great pedigree. He's played in Japan. He's played in, in, in the English uh, lower league levels as well, as a pro, you know. So, And also, they have the, uh, the uh, probably some of the most talented island players, and for example, Jack Whitney, uh, Tanjis, you know. This, so it's a great mixture of uh, island talented players and European uh, professional uh, players with a lot of experience, you know. So, of course, uh, they're, they're, they're a very dangerous team, and I wouldn't say that we are the favourites, you know. Probably the uh, the team that have spent uh, most of the money in this competition is Amicalia by, by a, a long mile, you know. But uh, obviously playing at home... Uh, we have to be confident that we, you know, we, we know what we have to do. We know our own ground pretty well, and and we we are going to be able to play our style of football because obviously the surface is going to be very different. Is a club from the Pacific been able to attract those sorts of players and uh, have that sort of preparation, as you say, some professional players, uh, you know, not just from the islands but from Europe and stuff as well with uh, the pedigrees you mentioned there. Uh, is that an indication that the O League is getting stronger and that the teams are getting better in the standards all around? Yeah, of course. I mean, and and. You know, there's a lot of talent up in the islands. There's a lot of teams in there with a lot of talented island players. And then you've got, you've also got the uh, Tahitians, you know, Pirae, who signed uh, Marama Bahirua, you know, who he's, this guy's well known in France, you know, he's played uh, in that French uh, top flyer for a long time. He's played a lot of games. He's also played in the uh, Greece Super League as well, you know. So <clears throat> these teams are dragging now European players. They have the money, you know, to drag these players. And they've also got better coaching now and, and, Together with those uh, talented players, you know that they have up there. That means that they, they are putting out better performances. They're, they're better teams, and, and it's getting uh, tougher every year, you know, to go up to the islands and play against them. And also, when they travel, they travel better because they have these experienced players. And so, yeah, the whole thing is getting tougher. But I think at the end of the day, it's probably the best thing can happen to Oceania, you know. So it's all welcome, I would say. Uh, two games against Amicale in the past uh, month or so for Auckland City. Still yet to get a win in terms of 90 minutes. Uh, the loss in Fiji and uh, a draw in Port Vila. Um, do you take the same mindset uh, from those games into the match at uh, Kuatia Street? Have you, or is, is anything that happened in the first leg altered your thinking about what is required on Sunday? Every game is different. You know, the first game we played in, in Fiji was different. They knew they needed a just a result, just a draw to get through, you know, so that the approach was different. Our approach was a little bit different as well. And this first uh, away let, you know, <coughs> the approach probably from both teams was different. They were very aggressive because they, they were chasing that win at home. And we knew that we had to, you know, we, we had to get a goal, an away goal. And then we had our return leg at home. Now, the conditions, the, you know, the conditions before the game are a little bit different this time as well, you know. Probably, again, our mindset is very clear. We, we just got to play a one-off game, concentrate on playing a one-off game, playing a normal game. Our normal systems, uh, like we always do at home, you know, try to have the ball and uh, try to make sure that we defend uh, with our heart, you know. It's one of those 90 minutes that even if it's not not nice, if the game is not not a pretty game, uh, you know, we, we, we need to we need to throw everything out there, you know, because there's no, there's no second leg now anymore. That's the coach of Auckland City Football Club, Ramon Trebuliac. And Fiji warmed up for next month's Pacific Netball Series and World Championship qualifiers, winning a Tri-Series tournament in Suva featuring Papua New Guinea and Northern Ireland. That's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thanks very much for listening.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.